Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Herb Lang, former Globetrotter of 18 years, known as Flight Time, uh, the kindness expert. My motto is kindness is friend. I'm super excited to be here today on the podcast with my man, John Eulen, on relationships and revenue. Let's get it going, John. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue podcast. This is your host, John Hewlin. As always, thrilled that you decided to take a little bit of your most precious resource, and that is your time to share with me. And as you heard from the introduction, I have the one and only Herb Flight Time Lang with me. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, John. Excited to be here today. Thank you so much for allowing me to speak on your platform. You bet. You bet. Glad to have you here. And folks, you heard a little bit about Herb earlier, but if you didn't know, he is a former Globetrotter. Yes, he was with him for 18 years. And I can remember as a child watching the Harlem Globetrotters, one of my most favorite memories in the world of going to see them in person. Actually, I think I went twice to see them in person. Uh, now, I'm dating myself a little bit when I say this, but the one that I remember most is Curly Neal. I remember Curly just, he was very, very fun. He really played up to the crowd very well. Not that all the players didn't, they all do, but uh, he was so much fun to watch. Now, in addition to that, I mean, that's impressive enough. Herb, we could just talk about that and that would be it. But there is so much more to you than that. And folks need to know this. He is a TEDx speaker, which we're going to talk about the, the talk that you gave. He is an actor. He is an author. Uh, the book is Projects, Popes, and Presidents. Can't wait to get correct. into that and what that title means. Uh, and he's appeared in commercials and all kinds of things. He was on the amazing race for three different seasons and for those of you who are watching you can see things around him he is an entrepreneur so we are definitely going to be talking about some of that now you've had so many different things that you've done and continue to do throughout your lifetime so i just want to talk first about how in the world does someone even become a harlem globetrotter do you just wake up one day and say that's what i want to do and you do it so how does that happen well, John, I mean, each Globetrotter, when you speak to them, we all have a special, unique story in mind, you know, is unique to my my situation. For me, growing up, I was, a, I was a basketball fan. I was a sports fan. But it was my great-grandmother who was the Harlem Globetrotter fan. I just remember as a kid, you know, anytime the Globetrotters would come on Disney, Wild World of Sports, or, or anything. I mean, ESPN, she was there. She had the TV tuned in, <laughs> ready to watch people like you mentioned, uh, Curly Neal, Metal Arc Lemon, mm -hmm. uh, the legends that we all remember. And uh, I mean, for me, the way I became a Globe Charter, it was through somebody believing in me. It was my former college, uh, not roommate, but he was a soccer player at my college. His name's Alan Sahatra, five foot seven guy. He ended up going to a Harlem Globe Charter basketball game while I was working my job as a personal trainer after graduating from college, of course. But I was working mm. a job as a personal trainer, making seven bucks an hour, not really um, exploiting my skills or my basketball skills at this time as far as basketball goes. Uh, because during that time, the NBA had a lockout. So I had a decision to make uh -huh. to go overseas to play basketball or go back to school to finish my semester of student teaching. I decided to go back and uh, graduate 
end up student teaching at the uh, one of the biggest high schools in Shreveport, Louisiana. I actually went Terry Bradshaw went to school at Southwood High School, but oh. uh, Allen ended up going to a Globetrotter game and he got one of the programs with all the autographs and uh, photos and history of the Globetrotters. And he just so happened to walk up uh, to one of the coaches after the game and ask him, you know, what do you have to do to become a Globetrotter? And of course, Allen's five foot seven Asian <laughs> guy, you know, he, he told me they looked at him like he was crazy. Those are his exact words. They mm-hmm. looked at me like I was crazy, but he informed him that was for me. And he let him know that, you know, I had a pretty good college career, ended up winning the college dunk contest in 98. And I just remember when he initially bought the uh, the pamphlet home, you know, I kind of looked at it and I was like, man, get that thing out of my face. I don't want to play for the Globe Charters. You know, I'm about to go pro. I'm going to the NBA. I'm not doing that, you know, that silly stuff. But it's it's ironic that about, I said it was about a week later, I ended up coming home from work uh, from my personal training job and uh, it was one of those days, and I was like, Alan, Alan, where's that program at with that number in it? So I ended up uh, reaching for that program. I ended up calling the uh, 800 number that was written in the back of the book. I submitted some videos from my college uh, basketball playing days as well as the college slam dunk contest. And uh, this was in March. This was like March 1999, and they said hmm. uh, once they got the the videos and stuff, like, yeah, we, we enjoyed the videos, and we're going to look forward to uh, bringing to our training camp uh, in August. Or later in the summer, mm-hmm. it was August when they called me and I had actually forgotten that I had even <laughs> sent the, the video in. I'd forgotten all about the training camp. I was caught up in working my job and just, you know, living my life. But I also remember when I got the got the call, I just remember thinking, yeah, I'm about to make this team. And mm-hmm. that's what I told my boss at the time. I told her, I said, you can go ahead and hire somebody else for this personal wow. training position because I'm about to make the Globe Charters. But it was just through a lot of things that's happened in my life, people believing in me. And in this situation, it was no different uh, with Allen believing in me and realizing once he went to that game that I could do or learn to do all the things that he saw the other players doing. Gotcha. Okay. So how did that feel to become a Harlem Globetrotter? Now, I'm, I'm asking how that feels in comparison to that dream of becoming an NBA player. I'm, I'm glad you asked that question, John, because I was just thinking about this the other day, you know, it, getting the job as a globe charter for me was more than a dream come true. I never dreamed about it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I dreamed about the NBA. I dreamed about possibly going overseas. I even dreamed about uh, playing football professionally growing mm-hmm. up because I played uh, football to my junior year in high school before I committed fully to the, the sport of basketball. Uh, you know, but for me, uh, being a globe charter and, and looking back over my career, I'm a, I'm a member of the National Basketball Retired Players Association, so I get to be around a lot of former. NBA players as well. Mm-hmm. Guys who have had great careers, played five, 10, you know, 15 years. And as I surround myself with some of these guys and I listen to some of their stories and look at, you know, where they are now, not to say that they're, you know, better than me or any less than me. I look at them and I say, I wouldn't trade my 18 years in for mm-hmm. any of their careers. Wow. Because for me, I've had an opportunity to do some pretty cool things. As you mentioned, you know, in the, in the intro, three seasons on The Amazing Race. I've had a chance to write books. Um, I met President Obama twice while he was serving as president in the White House. I had an opportunity to, to visit the Vatican where mm-hmm. President, uh, you know, President um, Francis was was and is still there and had a chance to spend the basketball on his finger. I mean, just so many things I never imagined. And one of the other cool things is just the ability to to speak, the ability to speak and the ability to entertain a large audience by myself, just with, you know, spinning the basketball or telling a story of my experiences. These are things I don't think that I would have experienced if I played in the NBA or any other league. So the gifts that I was able to 
you know, attain. And the mm -hmm. things I was able to learn throughout my journey to almost 90 countries around the world wow. are things that I get to do now. I get to implement them into my daily life, going to schools and speaking, being the entrepreneur, learning how they sold merchandise at the arenas, mm -hmm. learning what, you know, families want to see, listening to what the feedback is, you know, to the parents and the kids after the games, and now applying them to my own business and my way of life. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it sounds like you were able to learn several new skill sets that have served you well post-basketball playing. Most definitely. I mean, again, just being able to to, to work with, with young people. Uh, one of the mm -hmm. things that we did as Globetrotters, and we continue to do, we consider ourselves ambassadors of goodwill. So that means everywhere we go, anywhere in the world, anywhere in the United States, we're accepted. We're coming with goodwills. We're coming with peace. Mm -hmm. And having an opportunity to travel to so many places and, and go to so many schools and businesses and sometimes being, you know, forced to learn how to speak in, in front of yep. an audience was a good thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now being able to, to do these same things now for myself with my voice, not necessarily the voice or words that they wanted me to say whenever I was doing appearances or interviews. Mm -hmm. It's more rewarding even now to be able to speak my truth. Sure, sure. I could totally see. So the, your time is coming to an end with the Globetrotters. Uh, how, did, how did your transition go from Globetrotters to the next stage of life? Well, for me, going into my 18th year, the last few years of my Globetrotter career, I was actually player and coach. So with mm -hmm. being a player and a coach, the responsibility that comes along with that is when you go overseas or even in the United States, you're in charge of the entire entourage, the entire tour. You're in charge of the Globetrotter players. You're in charge of the opposition team. You're yeah. in charge of the tour manager and any other, like if you got acrobats or uh, any other performers on the tour, you're in control of them. You're deciding what time to go to the gym, what time mm. the bus leaves. You're the person wow. that sends in the reports uh, after the games are over with. And for me, I thought that I was transitioning into that next phase of possibly becoming a full-time coach, but that's not what, you know, God and the universe had planned for me, nor did the Globetrotters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one day, you know, randomly after 18 years, after coming off of a tour, um, I got a phone call, mm -hmm. uh, thinking me thinking it was a phone call that was going to lead to my next tour date or next mm. assignment. But that phone call was to let me know that, uh, my service was no longer needed and they were going in another direction. And wow. it, it caught me off guard. It caught me mm. off guard to be honest with you. It sent me into a a weird space for, for a couple of days, immediate days. And, mm -hmm. uh, long-term, I probably say over the course of the next six to 12 months after that happened, I was in a, a place of confusion. I was in a place of a little bit of depression, trying to figure out what yeah. the next step was because it happened so unexpectedly for me. You know, I was a person who had, you know, I felt like I'd done a lot for the organization. I still feel like I have as well as they've done, you know, they did a lot for me, giving me that opportunity for so long, but mm -hmm. that transition for me was a lot of searching. It took me being able to, you know, kind of reflect, uh, realize the tools and skills and, you know, experiences that I had, you know, had an opportunity to, to do over that time and figure out a way that I get to give back and implement these things in my own way. Mm -hmm. And what that led to was, uh, for example, we would go to schools talking about the ABCs of anti-bullying, action, bravery, compassion. I always wanted to be able to separate myself from the brand. So I came up with my own program, Keys, Keeping Excitement for Your Success. And from that came Kindness is Free. Kindness is Free and Kindness has kind of always been my motto. If anybody had a uh, has a Globetrotter um, program over the past 20 years, and if you saw my name in there, 
under my sayings would be, you know, patience and kindness. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I've lived my life, patience and kindness. And from that, you know, just develop kindness is free. And, and during that reflection, I began to realize that everything that happened in my life was a result of people stepping up, believing in me and giving me an opportunity. And when those opportunities come up, I know it's important, you know, to cash in on those opportunities and make sure you don't misrepresent those people who've, uh, you know, put their neck out for you and believed in you. And I think that I've done a pretty good job of that to this point. And yeah, I mean, that transition, it took me going to leadership training for several months, um, being able to realize that I do get to identify myself outside of being a globe charter. And, you know, just those experiences and having people accept me and, and believe in me outside of knowing I was a professional basketball player it was, mm-hmm. was some of the most critical times during that transition for me. And, you know, one of the things that I do right now when I'm really passionate about it is trying to help my former teammates and former mm. friends and uplift people. I started a Facebook group uh, two years ago right before COVID and it came just in time because during COVID we were able to grow from, you know, 50, 60 members on that Facebook group to about 250 now. And also during that time we were conducting uh, weekly calls twice a week Mm -hmm. just to check in with each other. Sometimes we have 20, 30 guys on the call, guys who hadn't spoken to each other in years, guys who thought that they had beefs with each other that realized it was all just fabricated. So, you know, that's, that's something that I'm really passionate about because I feel like I could have been a guy that just disappeared after the Globe Charter career ended. And a lot of guys do that. And that's happened to a lot of them. But for me, I want to create opportunities not only for myself, but also for these other guys who are just as gifted and talented and have so much to share with the world, just like I do, because they've seen the world. Yeah. You know, we've been around the world. I mean, you've got guys who play for 10, 15 years, been to 50, 60, 100 countries whose voices aren't being heard anymore. So I'm just excited you know, about that, about, you know, in the future, being able to go and sit on panels uh, with some of these guys as well. Wow. That is very exciting. Guys and girls. Cause we have, yeah, that's right. That's well. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you were talking about leadership just a moment ago, and that's something that is very near and dear to my heart. It's, it is my belief that the greatest leaders we've ever seen are developed. They weren't born that way. People had to invest in them and they had to invest in themselves in order to become better leaders. So I want to know, what are you doing right now to invest in yourself as a leader? Well, right right now, investing in myself. Well, as a leader right now, I am a person that as far as like booking events and stuff like that, I make the calls. I make Mm -hmm. the calls, you know, for a small period of time. I hired a publicist. I had other people that I thought, you know, were doing things for me or working for me. But what I've come to find is. That's all in good when you've got the right people on your team. But when it really comes down to it, when you're trying to book an event or something, there's no voice like the actual voice of the one that's going to be in front of the group of people. Just today, before I had a chance uh, to do the podcast with you, I called about 10 schools. You know, I had a chance to speak to secretaries, assistant principals, and looking forward to hearing back, you know, having an opportunity to spread kindness as the school year kicks off. So what I've learned about myself is, I have to believe in myself as much as other people believe in me. And I have to start to visualize and see myself the way that other people see me. And they see me as a leader. You know, I've been a person who has been fortunate enough to be, you know, become the uh, kind of the captain of every team that I've been on. Mm. You know, I was chosen high school basketball captain, college, globe charters. So I know that it's within me, but I also realized that, you know, growing up, we weren't really taught to go and seek other leadership skills, other leadership opportunities. But that's something that I've mm-hmm. developed now, the importance of going out and educating yourself, 
learning a little bit more, picking up books, reading right. what these other successful entrepreneurs have done, you know, mm -hmm. to become successful, especially if they're going down the similar path that you want to go to. You got to get behind those kind of people and, and follow them and, you know, even comment on some of their stuff. Just dig deep and realize what gets into the essence of them, what motivates them and inspire, has inspired them to get to the high level of achievement that some of them have reached. And I'm, I feel like I'm right there. You know, as far as a professional athlete, we're, we're in the 1%, so to speak. So now I'm trying to get in the other 1% as far as, you know, mental finance, making a difference in the world, Oprah Winfrey. You know, Obama, Steve Harvey, people who had dreams and visions, just like I did. You know, I, I, I tell people, you know, they ask me about meeting, meeting the president. You know, I had a chance to meet Obama twice. I had a chance to shake President Bill Clinton's hand when I was in eighth grade and we was running for governor in Arkansas. But one thing that I realized is that they're human, just like me. Yeah. <laughs> they got a mom and a dad. They have a grandmother. You know, they've had a grandmother. They had people who raised them, you know, and had faith in them. And so for me, I feel like and I know that I'm just capable of doing the same, if not more. Actually, I think I'm capable of doing more than even those leaders have been able to do. Wow, that's a bold statement. I'm not afraid. I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're living this life and they live their life and they're able to do it, why won't you believe that you can do it as well? And that's what I believe. And it took me leadership. It took a lot of meditating and soul searching. It took a lot of things coming into uh, fruition, things that I believed in, as well as hard work for me to get to this point because there was a time when I did have self-doubt. There was times when I believed or I doubted that I could go in front of an audience post Globetrotter and actually talk about things of significance. And that's happened now, you know, and in leadership, I remember uh, going through leadership. There was a segment to where one of my uh, one of my administrators or one of my mentors came to me and I kind of went away and gave up on an opportunity. And he said to me, you know, why would you give up? You know, Martin Luther King didn't give up. You know, Obama didn't give up. Oprah didn't give up. And so that kind of stuck in my head. I've met a couple of these people and they're human. They didn't give up. They had a dream. They had a vision and they kept going. And so that's why I see myself. Okay. Um, still staying with that track on leadership. Mm -hmm. You mentioned uh, reading in order to get better. So what, what are some things that you've read that have helped you as a leader? Oh, man. Well, one of the things I read recently is uh, Rich Dad, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep. Uh, I've read a couple of versions of that one. And even... I recently got married on February 22nd of this year and hey, just reading, just reading, uh, self-help books on improving, uh, relationships. I mean, Shinny <laughs> Parvis, men are from Mars, women are from, uh, from Venus. So that, that book, even, um, what else have I read? Uh, this guy, John, uh, Malinchak, he's the, uh, he was on, um, secret millionaire show many years ago and he kind of helped me with the abilities to book universities and stuff. He sent me mm. a box of books. On, on leadership and things that he did, you know, wow. to get booked and to continue to get booked in these situations. So anything that people are, are giving me, providing me to read, mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at least skimming through it. I'm doing the cliff note version if I'm not going all the way through, just yeah, learning sure. and trying to figure out as much as I can, you know, while I can. Oh yeah. Well, it's folks who are familiar with this particular podcast. Um, you can take a time out right now because you're going to hear something I've said many, many times when it comes to leadership. And that is, I'm going to make a recommendation. There's a podcast I listen to every time it comes out. It's once a month. It's called the Craig Groeschel Leadership Podcast. I have never heard anything better than that. Uh, the interesting thing is that Craig Groeschel happens to be the pastor of the largest church in America. But most of what he talks about, you would never know that he's a pastor because he talks about leadership and teamwork. And he is one of the most gifted leaders I've ever seen. 
because he leads an organization of about 800 people. Those are the paid people. What makes the organization go are the volunteers, and there are tens of thousands. You got to be a pretty good leader to lead an organization where most of the people, it's not a paycheck that keeps them coming back. They want to be a part of the vision. They want to be Absolutely. a part of the Absolutely. That's yeah. right. You know, I've, I've learned that too uh, since I left the Globetrotters. You know, when I was with the Globetrotters, there's a lot of, yeah, 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 you can have this, you can get this. But once you step out of that uniform and you step out into the real world, it gets a little bit different. You know, you get to listen to, <laughs> you know, no, no, I don't want to hear this. No, no, mm-hmm. thank you. But also I've realized that there's a lot of people out there who have, you know, finances and they have visions, but they don't have the ability or yes. they have the ability, but they don't really have the mindset to go out and actually do it. So they want to get behind your vision, you know, mm-hmm. in the back, in the background, you know, supporting you the way that you yeah. just mentioned those tens of thousands of people, uh, you know, who help uh, uh, Craig Rochelle. So for me, even when I do my basketball clinics and stuff, I have volunteers. I have people that just want to be a part of the event. They want to give back to the young people. And, and that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's stay on the theme of leadership because it leads into and you, and you hinted at it a moment before about entrepreneurship. Now, for those of you who can see what we're doing right now, uh, behind Herb, he has all these really cool sweatshirts and shirts and all kinds of stuff that's got logos on it. So describe all that for us, Herb, and what's going on in your entrepreneurial world. So in my entrepreneurial world, back in 2000, well, 2020, during COVID, I was able to uh, get a trademark on my brand, which is Swagball. But also I was able to tr- create this logo, Kindness is Free, which I have a bunch of different versions. So when I go and speak, this is what I wear. I wear my Kindness is Free t-shirts with my logo, which is my brand. I branded myself. I have hoodies, t-shirts, hats, scullies. I actually have acrylic um, plaques. And the cool thing about these acrylic plaques that I have is that one of them is a Kindness is Free award. I have a lot of them. So every event that I go to, whether it's a school, it could be a business. Before I go, I'll give you an example of the elementary school. Let's say it's kindergarten through fifth grade. Mm -hmm. I will have the teachers nominate a kid from each grade for a chance to win the Kindness is Free Award. Now, just because you're nominated doesn't mean you're going to win, but being nominated will get you recognized at the assembly in front of the whole school until we announce the actual winner. And Mm -hmm. the winner on the, you know, the Wednesday Award, there's a video when you scan the, the plaque that, you know, says, hey, congratulations, keep doing what you're doing. But it just gives kids the inspiration that, hey, you get to reward it. You get to be rewarded for doing good things. I wanted to make this reward not about academics, not about sports, but just about being a good human being. So that's just one of the things that I do. I do it at each and every event uh, that I go to. I got a pretty cool partnership with this company called Sign. They provide them uh, for me. They provide me basketballs. They provide uh, footballs for former football players, NFL players, NBA players, but that's my thing. Um, I get to give out the award and I usually give it to the, uh, to give the school an award too, because I know that each school has a trophy case. Yes. So when those kids come to school, I want them to be able to remember that her fight time was Lang was there and he was spreading kindness. And that's an award that you potentially can get next year if you work hard at being a good human being. But yeah, man, I have pop sockets. I have lanyards. Pop sockets and lanyards, they were inspired by my daughter. My daughter is a 15-year-old. Three or four years ago, when she was 11 or 12, I asked her, I said, what do kids, what do you kids enjoy in the school? What, you know, if I was to go into the school and, you know, sell something, what would it be? She said, pop sockets, lanyards, you know, so I got those things. But, Mm -hmm. you know, being an entrepreneur for me is something that, like I said, I learned 
you know, through the Globetrotters, as well as my experiences growing up, I came from, uh, in high school, I worked in the funeral home business. Mm. Uh, my high school, my high school girlfriend at the time, her mom owned the biggest funeral home business in my town. So I learned, wow. you know, about that business. And I also learned the importance of not taking days for granted in that huh. business as well. Yeah. Also worked uh, in, on the fish farm. My stepfather, who married my mom when I got to college, I worked for, with worked with and for him uh, starting at age 14. And this is hard work. We raised fish on a farm oh, wow. in Arkansas. So we'd be out in the heat, you know, yeah. grinding, pulling thane halls across uh, large ponds, uh, mm. transfer, transporting sometimes fish across the country. But yeah. I just learned business, you know, even through that. So I've been around uh, business people, even my wife right now, she, She's a, she runs H and R block, a couple of H and R block businesses. So she's okay. an entrepreneur. Yes. So, you know, just being around these type of people, people who are doing things and not re really necessarily looking to work, nothing, nothing wrong with working for other people, but actually being the owners and not the employees, um, mm -hmm. is something that I'm big on. I don't mind employing people either. So it's all <laughs> good either way. You have to find your niche, uh, in life. And for me, I know that it's being an entrepreneur. And, and spreading kindness to as many people as I can, most importantly. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you mentioned before about doing the work of trying to find places for you to, to talk. And, you know, one of the most valuable lessons I ever learned in my entire life, let alone as an entrepreneur, is it's okay when they say no. It's actually a, it's actually a good thing. It, and it, the, the reason it, I think it's a good thing is because I'm not for everybody and I'm not supposed to be. So the more no's I get, it means I get closer to the yeses that I need. It narrows the pool down. So that's just kind of how I look at it now. Now, what about you? How, how do, how do no's affect you? Oh man, I'm not even going to lie. When I first, when, when I first left the Globe Trials, I actually, my first job I did was, was lift. I did that for about eight months. And what that did for me, I haven't played from 99 to 2017. When I joined the team in 99, John, we didn't have cell phones not as available as they have now we right, didn't really right. text or anything so we have conversations we would actually talk to each other <laughs> yeah. you know and so over the course of i'd say around 2004 i think for me that's when the texting kind of came and of course we all had cell phones back then but i feel like i had lost the ability to have good conversation with good old everyday people mm. and getting into those car into the car with lift and picking people up and listening to their stories listening to their complaints it really gave me a real, real appreciation of the things I had experienced and made me realize that every day your life ain't that bad. You need to stop complaining and stop feeling sorry, you know, mm -hmm. for yourself. So, you know, being able to have experiences like that, working, you know, jobs like like Lyft and then being able to sell insurance. I'm a licensed insurance agent, actually, as well. I did that for about uh, a year in California. And now you want to talk about some no's, picking up on <laughs> the people, yeah. hanging up on them. But it got to the point to where it was like repetition, you know, no, no, I know the yes is coming. No, no. Oh, I know the yes is coming. And when you get that, yes, it lets you know that, Hey, there's always a chance that somebody is going to believe in you or believe in whatever it is that you're putting out there. So those no's they hurt, but they make those yeses feel so much better when they come and they're coming. And, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned another thing, like for me, I applied for a, a couple of jobs, you know, during my time, I applied for jobs at Amazon. I remember, Mm -hmm. Applying for jobs at like Walmart and places like that and not getting them mm -hmm. and thinking, all right, well, maybe this is not for me. And now in my mindset, no, I'm not going to work for them. I'll create my own Walmart and my own Amazon. Maybe they can partner up with me, but I'm not going to work for them. I am an entrepreneur now, and that's what I am for the rest of my life. Mm, I love that.
I love that. Let's talk about your book for a minute. I want to know, because everybody has a different reason for writing a book. So tell us about your book, you know, why you wrote it, who it's for. Yeah, that's the one, Project Popes and Presidents. Project Popes and Presidents. I'll be getting you on here pretty soon. So my inspiration to write a book, uh, when I joined the Globe Charters back in 99, I always had the vision to write a book for some reason. And I actually started handwriting a book while I was on tour. My first year, it was called After the Game. I'm sure I have the manuscript somewhere around here. And it was already me kind of thinking about what life was going to be like after the game. And I remember some of the people that I featured in there were back then. It was like Bo Jackson. It was Ken Griffey Jr. Some of my heroes, yeah. you know, growing up back then. But my book, the one that I wrote, Project Post and Presidents, I was inspired when my career ended. Because what would happen is throughout my career, every time I would come home from tour, I would tell my friends and family all these stories and places I had been, the people I had met, some of the experiences that I've been able to have during my career. And they're like, man, you need to write a book, man. You should write a book. Herb, you should write a book. And then when it came that my career was over with, I actually had a chance to sit down and reflect and realize how blessed I had been. Mm. And through those blessings, I realized that my book not only would inspire people, it would also give me an opportunity. It would give me something to get into the door of other people and say, hey, I got something to say. I got something to talk about. Mm. And I was just telling my wife the other day, you know, when I go into these schools uh, and these universities of lately, I haven't even been talking about my book. You know, I have so much other stuff to talk about, but I do have a book, you know, to go in there with. But the book, it just opens up so many doors. And it also mm. gave me clearance in my brain. Mm. It helped me. It helped me relive uh, some some tough times. You know, it helped yeah. me go back and experience some things that I hadn't really thought about in a long long time but it also made me realize how blessed i have been along the way because if you read my book everything that's happened to me john has been because of people believing in me the way i got my high school basketball scholarship my college basketball team centenary they had never seen me play basketball mm. there was a guy from my hometown who played at centenary he was two years older than me he actually left our town to go play in little rock about an hour away uh his 10th grade year oh. but friend of the family he told them about me and they actually gave me a scholarship, offered me a scholarship without ever seeing me play basketball. And this is the Division One, Division One school. Wow. And so moving forward, I already told you the story about Allen, who went to the Globe Charter game, yep. who believed in me. Uh, even uh, the way I got on the Amazing Race, uh, the mm -hmm. owner ownership, the first seven, eight years, they were not really about promoting players individually, so to speak. But the new ownership came in with a guy, uh, Kirk Snyder, who became the president of the company. He wanted to create stars off the court and he believed in me. He said he had been watching me even a year before he took the position, mm. you know? So once I got an opportunity to do some of these shows, he already knew that I was a person that was going to represent the brand. Well, you know, mm. that I was reliable and that they could count on me. And so, I mean, it's just through kindness and the way that you show up each and every day and even to move forward into now, uh, the movie Sweetwater, I had a chance to uh, film uh, about, it's about a month and a half ago now. We actually filmed the movie Sweetwater, Nate Sweetwater Clifton, who was the first African-American to sign an NBA contract. Mm. And yeah, so he actually happened to be a globe charter as well. And so six actors, myself, uh, Robert Richard, who played in Coach Carter back in the day, he's one mm -hmm. of the, the players in the movie. I had a chance to play Babe Presley, who was original globe charter. We have a guy, Everett Osborne, who's playing Nate Sweetwater Clifton or Nat Sweetwater Clifton. And then my former teammate, uh, Kevin Special K Daly, he actually got this role eight years ago. And 
the actual production didn't happen when he thought it was. But when it got greenlit about six years ago, six months ago, and they said that it was a go for film, and he told the producer that he needed at least one more, uh, at least one real globe charter, not real, but a guy that's actually played and had experience yeah. as a globe charter to come on and help with the choreography, as well as give these guys a feel for what it's really like uh, to have been a globe charter. And I actually got that role without auditioning. Wow. And yeah, we filmed. Uh, for six weeks, we filmed for a couple of weeks on uh, Disney Ranch out in Hollywood. We filmed for two weeks on Warner Brothers uh, Studios and, you know, a couple of different locations around uh, L.A. and Hollywood. And again, it's just through <laughs> kindness. My friend, he said, I've been watching you. We played together for over a decade. I know you're in shape. I know that you're going to be able to translate or teach these guys in a way that where it's not frustrating because he's seen me work over the course of time. So, so yeah, man, just, just opportunities through, through kindness. And, and for me, it just inspired me to want to do even more. It, it let me know that 18 to 20 years of being on that court on stage, it translates to the screen. And, and, and that was evident in, in the producers and the co-producers that would come up uh, to Kevin and I asking and saying, so you guys have never, you've never done movies before. You've never like, no, we're, we're globe charts. We've done commercials. We've done cameos. But to actually be a part of a full uh, feature film, you know, six, eight weeks of filming, mm -hmm. more than a dream come true. And I just see so much more ahead for not just myself, but also my teammates moving forward in, in the Hollywood uh, scene. That's really cool. Now, I have to ask this. I think I already know the answer that um, in part of my research, I did not do this because I wanted to ask. I assume you have your own place on IMDb. Yes. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, IMDb is a place where anyone who's done anything of significance, we'll just say in the entertainment world, we'll just leave it kind of general like that. You just, you kind of list out the stuff you've done on there. And believe it or not, folks, I'm working on my own IMDb as the producer of this show because that technically fits in there. It's, so, a, credit. it's a credit. That's right. It's a credit for me. So, yeah. And, and, and I actually get a credit for appearing on your show. That's I'm right. That on my MDB, that's the way it works. But I am actually in the process of updating mine, but it's still got pretty much all the things that I've been able to be a part of uh, since 1999. I mean, from Little Nicky to mm -hmm. Burger King commercials to, you know, Amazing Race to Bachelorette. If you pull up my IMDB, Herbert Lang, you'll see yeah. all the accomplishments that I've been able to do as, as far as in that space. Uh, but most importantly, I want to encourage people to go check out the IMDB, go check out Sweetwater. And check out yeah. the cast and get excited about the fact that when that movie comes out, I already know it, John. Everybody has a Globe Charter story. Not everybody, but most people, when I tell people I play for the Globe Charters, they've got a story. Yeah. And I'm just so excited because once this movie comes out, it's gonna be like it's gonna be like people going to the Globe Charter game. There's gonna be yeah. families of people taking their kids to mm -hmm. go watch this movie because it's gonna bring up so many childhood memories. I can already hear the barbershop talk that. <laughs> the ESPN talk, the sports talk dailies about, you know, the the new realization of the role that the Globetrotters actually did play on basketball and the NBA as we see it today. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. All right. You know, we've covered quite a few things, but I, I want to talk a little more because you talk some about the acting with the movie, with Sweetwater, with Amazing Race. Do you have any other things that you've done that you're especially proud of when it comes to the to the acting world? Oh man, things that I'm proud of. Um, I mean, I'm <laughs> just, I mean, the commercials I've been able to do, like I said, Continental Airlines commercials, I've been able to do, you know, Burger King, 
Um, I've been able to do a wonderful pistachios commercial, which is one of the highest paying commercials I had ever been a part of. But, mm. you know, for me, and and I, I'm sure I could speak for a lot of my teammates as well, we thrive for opportunities like this. We thrive, you know, to have an opportunity to get in front of a camera or in front of an audience and spread kindness and joy mm. uh, and, and things of that nature. And for me, uh, one of the things of updating this IMDB page and getting all this feedback from uh, from the producers of that, yeah, I get to do more acting. I get to do more producing. You know, I have television show ideas. I actually have a sports game show idea that I uh, actually pitched and helped create uh, with the creator of The Amazing Race, which now I have sole possession of. But it's something that I plan to get out there onto mm. television soon. Because growing up, I was a big fan of shows like The Bozo Show on WGN 9 back oh, yeah. in the day. They would pitch you know, the ball into the bucket and they would come out with candy. And as you keep going, before you know, it, you'd have to fight if you could make it all the way through the end. And I just remember the joy and excitement of watching shows like that. So I want to be able to create stuff like that, that actually teams up adults with kids and bring people together, bring families mm. together. I want my uh, my grandchildren or my, uh, my, my younger cousins to be able to looking at that show and say, man, I want to do that with my dad. I want to do that with my grandpa. But mm-hmm. everything that I do is about bringing people together and, and production. I'm also working on a documentary as well right now that I can't really talk a whole lot about, mm-hmm. but I'm getting into that space as well, John. Wow. That's very exciting. Okay. So you're in the Globetrotters. You leave. You become an entrepreneur and you're doing lots of different things. I mean, you've certainly got act. I'm using the term acting very loosely because you've done a lot of different things in that acting slash entertainment world. You wrote a book. Now we come to the TEDx talk. So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about the process for how that even came up. What made you think to even do that? Did you have to train for it? How did that go? That, that's a great question, John. So for me, this kind of relates back to uh, the pitching of the sports game show. Mm. So in, in 2019, um, I reached out to Bertram, Bertram Van Monster, who's the creator of The Amazing Race about pitching a couple of show ideas. And Mm. uh, one of the things about the relationship that I've had with a lot of these people that I've had a chance to be on television with is I keep in contact. I check on people. How you doing? You know, how's the family doing? How's the wife? Some people don't do that. Uh, By me genuinely being willing to check on people and and, and give grace and thanks for those who have supported and enhanced my career, I was able to go into his office and pitch a couple of show ideas to his his company, you know, his Uh, vice president, his, his COO. And I remember being in that office and talking about my desire to become a motivational speaker and write books uh, and things of that sort, which I hadn't done at that point. And I remember the finance guy asking me if I had ever heard of TED Talks or if I had ever seen it. And at mm-hmm. that point, I had not. Uh, this was 2019. I had not heard of a TED Talk. And he said, I think it would behoove you to, you know, uh, listen to a few every now and then and get some experience that and make that kind of a goal. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I kind of, you know, I began to look at different TED Talks and looked at the time and frame and format and realized, yeah, I can do that. You know, I go and talk in, in front of groups already for 45 minutes, an hour or so. So 15 to 18 minute TED Talk should be easy. Now it's just a matter of who do I talk to that can make this happen. Mm-hmm. And the, again, the way it happened through connection, John, it was me on LinkedIn, you know, LinkedIn, taking meetings, you know, being willing to have conversations with people that may not necessarily look like me or may not even have a, a deal or anything like that at the end. And there's a lady, her name's Amanda Banks, and we call her the believer. She calls herself the believer. She believes in, mm-hmm. in everybody, you know, who has some potential. And we were talking about something totally different than 
uh, TED Talk. And then we somehow got on the subject of TED Talk. And she said to me, she said, um, I think you would do good on the TED Talk. And I'm actually doing one on April 30th of this year, which is 2022. This was a couple months before. And she said, I actually know one of the promoters and I think that he would mind having you. So she actually gave me the number of the guy who was hosting the TED Talk in Delaware. And that conversation within 10 minutes, he told me, he said, you know what? I actually just had a spot come open um, on the talk. And if you want it, it's yours. And it took three years, but it took, you know, I wasn't searching for it at that particular moment and it happened. And so when it happened, you know, at this point, you're like, oh, shoot, now I, I actually get to do this. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, the nerves kind of kick in. Um, you start to do research and you listen to people who are wanting to give TED Talks and their dream is to give a TED Talk. And now it's it's up on you. And so for me, one of the things was coming in late. I didn't really have a chance to go through the Zoom calls and things uh-huh. like that that they did to prepare. Uh, I actually reached out to a gentleman. His name is uh, Bruce Pulver. And he has a TED Talk. And it's about words and the way that you use your words. So if you guys have a chance, I definitely recommend you go and look at Bruce Pulver's TED Talk. So Bruce and I, uh, Bruce was the one who helped me. We did one call one day for 30 minutes, 30 minutes to an hour or something like that. And he shared with me what he did to prepare. He also shared with me what he thought um, I should do and how I should go about it to reach the most amount of people. So that one person was the person who helped me prepare for my TED Talk. I had about a month to prepare for it. Mm. Along with, I had to do a practice TED Talk (laughs) myself. Nobody else around, which I plan to, I plan to publish that soon in the next, next month or so, because I think it's actually uh, a decent talk, but that's, you know, that's just kind of the way it came about. I ended up, uh, meeting the right person at the right time and the preparation for me, it, I won't say it was hard, but as an athlete, you kind of get yourself conditioned and I got locked in and I locked in for about a month. And I'd said this Ted talk every day, three or four or five times. I've listened to it after I talk, I would record myself. And, you know, once I got up there, I was prepared. It didn't go exactly the way that I had rehearsed it, but I said exactly what I needed to say. And again, it was just through preparation and having confidence and being being secure and, you know, feeling good about what you're talking about. And I'm talking about the importance of kindness because it's free. It doesn't cost us anything. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that's the topic, correct? The kindness is free? Yes, sir. Kindness is free. That's the topic of my TED Talk. Okay. And folks, we'll be sure to link that the the youtube link in there for his ted talk because i've listened to it more than once it's very good thank you i appreciate it i've listened to it a couple times myself (laughs) (laughs) so i want i want to circle back to to the book thing for just a minute because i don't ask every author this but if i think it's appropriate i do is there another book or two or three inside of her i'm glad you asked that question there is absolutely at least another book or two in or three inside of Herb. And I wanted to also share with you too, that I actually wrote a chapter. I co-authored another book mm-hmm, okay, called Cracking the Rich Code. Oh, nice. Um, I wrote a chapter in this book along with about 18 other uh, successful entrepreneurs from around the world. Um, on this book, you can see Jim Britt, he's the lead on this. You have Car- Kevin Harrington, uh, mm-hmm. who's on Shark Tank. There was a forward here by Tony Robbins. And then you can see uh, my face on this cover where I wrote a chapter called The Kindness Bridge to Wealth. Still along the same lineman of what I'm all about. And right. yeah, I mean, I, I wrote this through COVID. I uh, wrote a chapter. It was this was this was actually harder for me to write than my actual book, to be <laughs> honest with you. It was harder for me to write this chapter in this book than it was for me to write 12 chapters in Projects, Popes, and Presidents. But I, I definitely feel that I have a gift um, of writing. I think that I'm pretty good at it. It's something that I didn't 
visualize that I may be doing, you know, at this point in my life, but I know that there's value in it. It gives me a sense of, of, of relief uh, mm-hmm. when I'm able to write and share things out and also gives me an opportunity to continue to build and lead my legacy. And, you know, I want to make sure that when I'm gone, that people are still, you know, practicing some of the, the, the skills and techniques and ideas that I've written down in my books and the things that I put out as far as on podcasts and the things that I, you know, put out on social media. I want to make sure that my presence is still felt and I'm still making an impact on the world long after I'm gone. Oh, for sure. And, and, and a good way to do that is through writing books. Oh, yeah. And folks, this is probably a good time for me to say this. If anybody's interested in getting a free autographed copy of Herb's book, here's what you do. As you're listening to this particular podcast, pull out your phone, take a screenshot of it, of this particular episode. You have to tag Herb and you have to tag me in it. And when both of those things happen and you post it out there, first person who does that will get a signed copy of Herb's book on me. That's some love right there. You know what? And by you doing that, I'll even throw in a uh, a couple of lanes and a couple of pop sockets. Oh, wow. Well, you guys are Let's getting- Let's double it up. You guys are getting so, some really good stuff there. I love that. So, okay. so when I send when I send you the book, I'll have some other accessories in there for you. So, all right. Well, we'll be sure to pass those along. So, thank you, Herb. That's very generous of you. Appreciate that. Now, I can't go an entire episode without talking about relationships, but truthfully, we've kind of been talking about relationships all along. You've been talking about relationships that you've had with different people along the way. It's your way of doing relationships is through kindness and by investing in people and understanding them and trying to realize it's not about what they can do for me. It's about how we connect with one another. Yeah, about helping each other. That's right. With that premise laid, I want to know what are you doing right now to improve, to make better your most significant relationships? I don't care which ones they are, the ones that you deem most significant in life. And how do those relationships impact your business? Well, it's about, for me, it's about consistency, okay. consistency and showing up. And one of the things that I do, and I talk about this in my TED talk, every morning when I get up, I send out text messages, at least five to seven days a week. Uh, after my meditation, I have uh, ideas and thoughts that come to me and I write them down. And I feel like those are ideas that were sent to me from God and the universe to share with other people. And so I send those text messages out to probably 50 to 100 different friends and family, Mm. not just in the United States, but from around the world. And for me, what I get in return is a sense of of joy. I get a sense of connection. I get a sense of appreciation uh, because those people, they appreciate it. They let me know, thank you. I needed that today. They Mm. got me through. What are you working on? You know, and then it makes them, my way of being makes other people want to introduce me to other people. They, well, you need to hang around Herb. It's a vibe. You need to talk to Herb. It's a vibe. You know, yeah. and when you got a vibe, people want to be around you. They want to do business with you. So this leads to speaking opportunities. You know, this leads to acting opportunities. These lead yeah. to opportunities to volunteer with people who have similar visions and dreams like yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's just, you know, that's the way I see it. Very nice. Love that. Tell me about one habit you think every person needs. Oh, one habit that every person needs. I would say meditation. Okay. Meditation, it needs to become a habit. It needs to become a part of life. And I say this in the sense that I'm, my degree is in health and physical education. Uh, I've been a high level athlete, you know, pretty much all of my life. I've been disciplined. But man, as I reflect, and I'm not one that usually say, I wish I would have, could have, should have. But man, I wish I would have, should have, could have learned about meditation when I was younger. You know, as a health and physical education person, 
along with physical health, there's also mental health. Yes. And I think that the meditation has helped me post Globetron because I just picked this up after my Globetron career mm-hmm. every morning, five to 10 minutes. And it's helped me create my day. It helped me create the ideas. It helped me think about the logo I want to create. It helped me prepare for my conversation with you today. It helped mm-hmm. me prepare for the day I'm going to create with my wife. And then this creation in my meditation, there's nothing bad happening in my day. If mm-hmm. it happens, it happens, but it's not what I created. And for me, for the most part, through my meditation, through my mental way of being, I create great days every single day. I refuse mm-hmm. to have a bad day. Love that. Love that. So meditation mindset. is a, mindset. Meditation is a habit that we all need to form along with kindness. Okay. You know, you were, you were talking about health and something that's been a bit of a revelation for me in the last few years is I had a very narrow view of what health is. And like most people, I think, when you first hear the word health, your immediate thought is physical health, your body. Well, what I've learned over the years is that if you want to talk about health, it, this is my perspective anyway, that there are four aspects to health. And if any one or all four are out of whack, you're not a healthy person. So it's your physical health, there's emotional, there's mental, and those two are not the same. And then there's spiritual health. All four of those, they all work together. It's synergistic. And if anything's out of whack, it's all out of whack. John, that, I'm glad you say that too, because for me, <clears throat> when you talk about the spiritual aspect, I tell people, you know, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm religious. I'm more spiritual. My dad's a preacher. I grew up in the church. We used to go to revivals. I used to go to church seven days a week. My grandmother used to take us from tent to tent around mm-hmm. Arkansas, those type of revivals. And for me, having traveled the world, I have so many friends from so many different religions to where I'm able to receive from all different types of religions. I get up in the morning, I have a daily devotional that I read. I also have some tarot cards that I may get some signals from. Because for me, I want to be connected to everything in this world, everything in this earth. So for me, reading, you know, my, my daily message, which is, you know, Christ, uh, Jesus and stuff like that, but also being able to, you know, go even deeper, read some stuff that some of my Muslim friends may put out or some of my, you know, other religious type friends may put out. For me, I'm able to receive from so many people because I've been to so many different places. And I think that it gives me such inner peace and allows me also to be able to accept and get along with more people because I don't judge people. I just enjoy them for who they are. And we figure out the things that we can actually agree on and work up on and figure out how we can grow together. And that's one thing that I talk about uh, when you try, when I traveled around the world, the only thing that these people uh, who didn't necessarily look like me may not have had the same beliefs like me. They just mm-hmm. want to be happy. They want to take care of their families. Uh, they want to live a good life and they, they hope to, to see you again next time. So, yeah. Gotcha. Well, we're getting close to, to wrap up time here, Herb. But um, what I want to know, I have a couple of things I want to ask you before we get to wrap up time. Uh, first thing is, how can folks find and find you and connect with you? Okay. Well, to find me, of course, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. You can look up Herbert Lang or the motivation speaker on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at DA, D as in dog, A as in apple trotter, like globe trotter. So DA trotter, the number four at, uh, just that's it on uh, Instagram and Twitter at DA trotter four. I was about to give you my email cause it's the same thing. DA trotter four at uh, gmail.com. But yeah, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, I'm active on all those things. Herbert Lang, Herbert Flight Time Lang. Please, please look me up. Let's talk about, you know, what I can do to come into your community and spread some kindness. Perfect. Love that. Love that. I want to know what's next for her that has you really excited. What's next for me? Well, I want to be an owner. 
You know, one of these days I would love to own a, a basketball team at some level, mm. um, but I also want to produce more. I want to produce more content to put on television, sports game show, uh, documentaries, uh, television, more, more, even sitcoms. You know, I had, <laughs> it's funny, my, my sister, who's my sister from my dad, her mom, we're, I'm friends with her mom. She said that my life is so interesting that I should have a sitcom. So she <laughs> said that she would like for me to create a sitcom based on my life and all my family members from around the world, you know, different sides of diversity of it, interesting. Uh, of my family. Okay. So I'm, I'm all, I'm all into the entertainment space. It's still about entertaining, but at the same time, it's about entertaining and putting good quality things um, out into space where people can receive with, with joy and not the negative stuff that we see a lot of. For sure. For sure. All right. Well, the way I wrap up every podcast is with the final four. There are four quick questions. You just tell me the first thing that pops in your head. Let's do it. All right. Question number one. Why did God create Herb? To change the world. All right. Like that. Succinct, to the point. Change the world. Number two. What are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow? Uh, what am I reading? Well, I'm reading, the, reading my daily devotionals every day. Okay. <laughs> and uh, what was the second part of it? Well, it's, it's, is there something that, that you're either doing, reading, or listening to? Any one of those that's just helping you grow right now? Oh, yeah. Uh, every day, every day for about 20 minutes, I'm also listening to motivational speakers on YouTube every day, whether it's, you know, Jim Rome, Steve Harvey. I've been heard Tyrese this morning, Oprah, uh, anybody, anybody I can listen to on YouTube. If you got some recommendations, send them to me because myself, I consider myself one of the best motivational speakers in the world. So, if I'm not listening to, to Les Brown and guys like that, I got to see where I'm at. So I have to listen to them so I can kind of measure myself and see where I need to go because I get a lot of great things uh, from people like this. And so that's what I'm listening to, motivational speaking as much as I can. Okay. What do you do for fun? Play basketball. I train. I train, uh, train young athletes. Um, I fish. Mm. <laughs> I work out. Okay. Uh, so I do a lot of things for fun. Okay. What are you most grateful for? What am I most grateful for? My health right now. My health and my wife. My health and my wife. Love that. Love that. And a couple really quick bonus questions. Uh, either the last book you read or one that you recommend to people. Mm. The last book that I read, I have to look around here. It was actually, it was one of um, Mr. James Malinchik uh, books. Okay. And it was one on how to get, you know, booked at uh, college, college speaking events. Okay. And so, yeah. I would definitely uh, recommend that. I would also recommend Rich Dad, Poor Dad, if those who haven't mm. read that book, because one of the things it's taught me is about uh, the importance of investing in, in property and things like that. And that's one of the things that my wife and I are, are really getting into now. We have a couple properties um, in California, and we're looking to get a couple more here in Florida and mm. just get into that space, just building, you know, building up. And even I have visions of going back to my hometown who hadn't had a development built since I was born. And I'm wow. looking to, at some point, really get back to there and uh, maybe have a chance to talk to some people about bringing some businesses in as well as developing some new communities because it's in a great mm -hmm. location. So that's something that I'm really passionate about as well. And just like I've done all these other things, I see these things coming to fruition as well. Cool. Last one, podcast that you either watch or listen to. Podcast that I either watch or listen to. So for me, I actually have a podcast. It's on, it's on pause right now. It's actually the kindest free podcast if you get a chance you can you can google it there was a few episodes um you know that will come up but i'm a sports guy you know so i'm listening to uh all the smoke you know with um who, who's that is it matt barnes and uh steven jackson 
Uh, that's one of my favorite ones because it's it's relative to me. It's guys talking sports. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy that one. I would recommend that one. Okay. Actually, another podcast too, my friend, uh, one of my former teammates, uh, Derek Grant, Derek Dizzy Grant, he has a podcast. Um, it's all about mental stuff. I don't know exactly what the title is, but if you get an opportunity, just Google Derek Grant podcast. He's all about uh, mental work and, and just improving kind of what we talked about, the mental aspect of your life that will help actually enhance the other parts of your life. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll Mindset. We'll be sure to, to link all those in the show notes, folks. So okay. don't, yeah. don't feel like you have to write it down, especially if you're out on a run right now. Keep running. Keep running. <laughs> run, Forrest. That's right. That's right. Well, Herb, thank you so much for your time today. I certainly appreciate that. Uh, I know it's an investment and it means a lot to me as well as the the audience. I know they'll really appreciate your story because you have a lot to say and I am grateful for you. Well, John, I, like I said in the beginning, I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to share on your podcast. And I do hope that, you know, my messages will hit some people. And I uh, just wanted to say to you, you know, hello to your family and wish you guys all the best down the road. And if there's anything I can ever do for you moving forward, please let me know. I'll be happy to help in the best way that I can. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Herb. And thank you to all of you for tuning in today. Again, I know it was an investment of your most precious resource, and that's your time because you can't get it back. So thanks for doing that. Thanks for being here. And we will talk to all of you next time. Bye, everybody. Kindness is free. Kindness is free. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.